This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Lone wolf serial killers like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Wayne Gacy live in infamy. But a family of serial killers is much less common. And the killing spree committed by the Benders in 19th century Kansas is likely the most famous murder case in American history that you've never heard of. This family became known as the Bloody Benders, a mother, father, and their daughter and son. And the Daily Mail call their exploits, quote, Little Slaughterhouse on the Prairie. In her debut book, Hell's Half Acre, the untold story of the Benders, a serial killer family on the American frontier, Susan Genesis brings the Benders to life in a suspense-filled history that highlights the dangers and lawlessness of the American West and introduces readers to a fascinating cast of characters, many of whom were previously missing from the story, including the families of the victims the hapless detectives who lost the trail, and the fugitives that helped the murderers escape. Susan Genesis attended the University of St. Andrews and holds a Master's in Science, Technology, and Medicine and History from King's College, London. During her Master's, she focused on the intersection between crime and technology in the 19th century. She was a bookseller, but now spends her free time on the archery range. This is her first book. Makes her home in London. Happy to have Susan Genesis join me now. Here on Speaking of Writers, Susan, welcome to this program. Hello, and thank you for having me. So how did you first become interested in the Bender family, and who are the family members? So I first read about the Benders in a big book that I actually found in a thrift shop uh, that was sort of a collection of lots of different quote-unquote infamous crimes. Um, And of all the crimes in the book, the story of the Benders was the one that really stood out to me. Um, It had such an interesting location, a fascinating cast of characters, and it was just really unlike anything I'd ever read before. Um, And I just couldn't get it out of my head, which was ultimately why I decided to write the book. And in the family, we have an older couple and a younger couple. So we have Pa, who was a heavyset man in his early 60s. And Ma, who was equally heavy for that and in her early days, and they both spoke either little or very broken English. And then the younger couple are Kate Bender, who was a young woman somewhere between 20 and 25, and John Gebhardt, who was in his late 20s. And we don't really know for sure what the exact relationship between all the family members were. I personally think that Kate and John were much more likely to be husband and wife, um, and it was just more convenient to pass themselves off at siblings during the time they were in Kansas. The Benders lived and killed in the late 1800s, right after the killings. The Bender House became a cottage industry for tourism, and it still is today. Why was there such a feeding frenzy for all things having to do with their murders? Um, I think the crimes were just so unusual. I mean, people on the frontier were very used to external threats um, and sort of sporadic violence, but this was a crime where members of a community, uh, some of them who were you know, very ingratiated in that community, had been systematically murdering people um, and getting away with it for at least three years, and they murdered a very prominent local physician, um, and then just completely disappeared uh, sort of a month before anybody even realized that they'd gone and discovered the crime scene. 
And I think there was a real fascination with Kate Bender as well as an attractive young woman who wanted to be a famous medium. Uh, she was a very kind of prominent and charismatic figure in the local community and also a bit controversial because of the way that she treated people who rejected her advances. But she really captured the imagination of the newspapers, particularly because she was such an enigmatic figure. Chatting with Susan Genesis, uh, her book is Hell's Half Acre, the untold story of the Benders, uh, a serial killer family on the American frontier. Let's talk about your research a bit, Susan. What sources did you use for your research? And did you discover anything that was previously unreported? And what shocked you the most? Um, So when I started, I essentially started with what was available to me in the UK. So it was a lot of online work with uh, newspaper records, census data, prison records, that sort of thing. And then we My partner and I visited Kansas so that I could work in the state archives in Topeka, um, and I was absolutely delighted to discover that there were hundreds and hundreds of documents related to the Bender family, all the way from sort of 1872 right up until 1960. And in the process of working my way chronologically through all of these, um, I discovered a statement written by an outlaw who had been put in prison for stealing horses in 1879, but he attested that he'd spent an extended time with the Bender family after they fled Kansas, that he would be able to track them down. He listed their accomplices. He listed where they'd camped. um, And that was an absolutely amazing breakthrough to make because at the time people were sure that the Benders were connected to a wider network, um, but it wasn't public knowledge who these people were, Um, and my research also showed that the Kansas authorities were very aware of where the benders were for about a decade after they disappeared, and the search was hampered less by knowledge of where they were and more by a lack of funding and cooperation between forces across certain states. You visited Cherryville, Kansas, near where the Bender House was located, and you spoke with some of the area residents, too. What struck you the most about your visit? And the bodies were found in the orchard by the Bender House. What's on that lot now? So when I started writing the book, I knew that I couldn't write it properly unless I visited Kansas because I grew up in the London suburbs and obviously had no real idea of what that landscape is like, and that world is such an integral part of the story. Um, So that was a very humbling experience to visit that fast, very beautiful, but often a bit desolate landscape. And then another important reason to visit was to talk to people in Kansas and specifically people in the towns near where the crimes were committed to really get a feel for how the folklore is still a part of the culture there. Um, Lots of people had little theories about what happened to the benders. Nearly everybody we spoke to had heard of them, had some kind of loose family connection to people involved with the case, and that was really interesting. And the land sold in 2020 to a man who I believe is hoping to excavate it, which would be extremely exciting, and I really hope that that goes ahead because that could potentially offer us a lot more information about the case. Susan, what are some of the theories concerning the Benders' disappearance and where they may have gone? And were they ever brought to justice? And, and how do you think it all ended up? So the theories about where, what happened to the Benders sort of roughly fall 
into various categories. One is that they just escaped and lived out sort of merry lives in various other parts of the country, completely undetected. Another was that they were actually killed before they even left Kansas uh, by a vigilance committee organized by the families of the victims, um, and that they just kept it hush-hush because they didn't want to deal with the legal ramifications of that, um, and everything had been so violent anyway, they didn't necessarily want to extend that for the community. Um, I personally feel like the Benders probably split the older and the younger couple at some point, and that the younger couple may be headed into Colorado with a couple of their criminal associates. Um, I don't think that they would have ever left their life of crime just because of the level of criminal behavior they were obviously engaged in. Um, but it's also completely possible that they were killed by people who didn't even realize who they were. Um, but unfortunately, that is one of the things I don't think we'll ever know the answer to. So no, they did not ever get justice for what they did. And how did they stay under the radar for so long and not have their serial killings discovered? Uh, so at that point in time, as I mentioned earlier, there was quite a lot of sporadic violence on the frontier. Um, people often would die in extreme weather conditions or accidents, farm accidents, stuff like that. Um, there was also the assumption that you might be violently murdered by bandits. Um, so when the first couple of bodies turned up, on the prairie that would later be assigned to the benders. Um, they were just sort of written off because they didn't seem that out of the ordinary. Um, it was only when five people went missing in the space for about three months, um, one of them being a very beloved member of the community and his little daughter, that people actually thought something bigger was going on. But even then, it didn't occur to the community that the threat had, was coming from within them because it was just something that had never happened before. There was a connection to Laura Ingalls Wilder to the Benders. What was that? So Laura Ingalls Wilder, in a speech at the Detroit Book Fair in 1937, uh, hinted that her father had been potentially involved with a vigilance committee that killed the benders um and people believed it because you know she had grown up in that area near independence which is obviously close to where the crimes took place but it's transpired recently that this was actually something her daughter rose wilder lane encouraged her to say um rose was a much more sensationalist writer and she saw this opportunity to capitalize on famous events to kind of raise interest in her mother's writing. Um, Laura pushed back against this, but ultimately couldn't resist sort of mentioning it in passing at an event. And finally, Susan, what are some of the most interesting facts and theories surrounding the Benders and their killings? And what are the biggest misconceptions? In 1889, um, two women were arrested um, and accused of being the Bender women, and when in reality they were more than likely just very poor um, working-class women who led very difficult lives that had some criminal elements to them. Um, but this arrest was such a big thing for the people of Kansas, and it became a real um, kind of difficult thing to deal with in the story of the crimes, because at that trial, 
the older woman was accused of murdering her husband, of murdering daughters, acquaintances, when there was really no evidence for this. But when you read about the benders online, you often see that they had this big confirmed history as murderers in other places. Um, and while that might be the case, it's certainly not the case that this specific woman killed a bunch of people. Um, and there are lots of deathbed confessions. I mean, people claiming that their ex-wives were Kate Bender um, and all of that sort of thing. So it was still very much a part of the American imagination right up until sort of the 1920s. Susan Genesis, the book is Hell's Half Acre, The Untold Story of the Bender is a Serial Killer Family on the American Frontier. Susan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And New Regency Television, by the way, has secured the rights to Hell's Half Acre. Again, the author, Susan Genesis. And that is Speaking of Writers, I'm Steve Richards.